Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know what's the sad part about blowing a 7 nothing lead when you put it up in the first inning against Aaron Ashby making his major league debut? Seven runs, by the way, exceeding the Cubs' total in their last three games when they scored six, 12 batters to the plate, and you're thinking, all right, going to win one game in the series. Death hasn't happened. Perhaps they'll turn it around. But you had that thought. And my exact thought was, how many is Jake going to give up in the bottom? And, of course, it didn't happen in the bottom of the first, but the bottom of the second was a nightmare. And then you lose 15-7. And I don't really think anyone was overly surprised. Eric Sogard back on the mound again. The Cubs offense not doing anything the rest of the day against the Brewers' bullpen. Six losses in a row. This is killing me because... You are trying to somehow, some way, be competitive in a season when management gave you no chance to be competitive trading you, Darvish, before the season. I didn't hate the trade. I get it. You're looking to the future. But it was a pleasant surprise that the Cubs were hanging around. Now, it's getting tougher. Do they somehow remain optimistic in the front office, or is it, all trades on deck. What's the best I can possibly get? There's a lot of time left. We'll get into it. Uh, Brian Beto, I think, with some solid perspective here. Beto is back this week. Jordan coming up. And why don't we get to it right now? Everybody knows where the Cubs are at. It's uh, the low point of the season right now. Question is, how much lower are they going to go? But we are at the bottom right now. But unlike the Titanic, which if you're seeing the news reports, it's about to disappear at the bottom of the ocean. The Cubs might not be at the bottom of the ocean. In fact, they might not even be halfway to the bottom of the ocean if you play this out a couple years. Because if Chris Bryant's playing elsewhere and Javi's playing elsewhere, who's pitching for this team? It could get much uglier than it is right now. Much, much uglier uh, before things turn around. But, again, it's the beginning of July. You got time. Maybe they can have a big weekend in Cincinnati. The Windy City Cubs podcast starts right now. Showtime. So I think apologies are in order. Uh, number one for me, and I think aside from Jordan Burnfield last week, I was absolutely 1,000% con- convinced that Brian Beto 
just went AWOL on the pod, did not respond to texts, had just told the Windy City to basically, for lack of a better word, fuck off. And um, then yesterday at WGN Radio, as I was recording Shaquille O'Neal, biggest hit on the podcast in a long, long time. Thank you, Shaq. Appreciate you. Jordan Burnfield alerted me that, you know, uh, Beto told us that he was going to be on vacation and he was with his family at Disney World and you, Carm, are an asshole. And so, Beto, uh, as I called you out on the pod and on social media, I'd like to personally apologize to you right now. It was my fault, and you had uh, very much informed us, and I had forgotten, so I'm sorry. I'll think about whether or not I forgive you. I did text that response, too, saying at Disney. Did it not go through when you guys texted last week about the pod? I, I did not see an at Disney that did not text. Go <laughs> oh, I definitely did. So I think I didn't respond to anything because I thought they knew I was gone. And then finally, somebody said, I don't remember who it was, like, Beto, question mark, does that work? And I just put at Disney and sent it. I'm going to see if I can find it on my text chain so you can. It doesn't need to be. I was just thinking the whole time. It didn't go through. You, Mark Harmon. Can I show? Can I actually show it up to the screen, though? Can you see that? It says in Disney. It does oh, say in Disney. There you it, go. It was ninety percent sent. It almost got out of Disney. <laughs> so I did try to send it. So, but I have a little thing next to it. Should I resend it so you guys know I was gone last week? I'm, I'm going to resend it. So, I, I, so you know if that I get last now, week I, I was gone. Feel, well, because I remembered that you had said it, but then not when. See, because Mark. The funny thing about Mark is that his parents really missed the mark. They spelled his name incorrectly. It should have been M-O-C-K because that is really <laughs> what Mark likes to do. He is Mock Carmen. That is his M-O. That is what he always goes to. That is the lane he always takes. And so he starts out the podcast last week with the full mock of a Brian Beto. And then I'm like going along with it because obviously oh. I didn't think for myself. And then I get off the podcast and I'm like, wait a second. He told us that he was going to Disney World. We I ended the previous this, podcast talking bad. about it. I was going to surprise my yes. children, all of that. Okay. First of all, and, and Jordan's cooperator nature now blaming me for himself going along with it. That no, is... No, I, I did it, and I'm wrong. However, it was clearly not started by me. It right. was started by Mark Carmen over here. No, you weren't the first guy that was... Uh, you know, sending people to prison, but you were one of the prison guards that didn't let out the innocent. That, that, that's, that was great. I'm not saying that I'm not complicit. I'm just saying that I did not begin this pathway to mocking Brian Beto for going on a nice vacation with his family. And for all those in life that I have mocked, just know it's, it's just built into a huge, massive insecurity of myself. I'm trying to make you feel bad. So I feel better. I am, am I have a massive hole. I've even listened all the way through and I don't even want to now at the beginning. <laughs> My gosh. It, it was, Hey, listen, this is better to talk about than what's going on with the ball club right now. Uh, as it was a rough weekend in LA, they win game one. You think it's going to be a good weekend. They lose three in a row. Now they've lost the last two. Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo can't play anymore. At least can't stay healthy. Uh, who had, who took the last at bat last night? What the hell's his name? The, the back Lobatone. Yeah. Jose Lobatone, who hasn't had a hit all year. We're relying on him in the ninth inning against the Brewers in a huge game at the end of June or whatever it was, July 1st. Uh, 
not July first. It was it was June 29th. June I'm just 29th. gonna mock you and correct June, you every June, chance right, I get. June now, 30th, apparently. July, whatever. It, it, they had the the June swoon wasn't like the worst June swoon of all time, but there is full panic in the streets right now. For the record, panic in the streets. I'm looking at Beto's face right now. I don't see panic. I see concern. Burnfield's looking away right now. Um, I'm reading. I was artic- just looking at their June record, which is 12 and 15 after the 19 and 8 right. month of May. It could so, have been. It could have been way worse. Chris it could Bryant, have been worse. Chris Bryant was the MVP in April and May. He's one of the worst players in baseball in June. Uh, I, I, I'm talking to our guy Cap yesterday. He wants to trade the whole team, and Chris Bryant is that needs to be out the door. And I listen. I'm still holding on, but when you are at the bottom of the league and starting pitching th- third from the bottom, it's uh, it's. That's not sustainable, even in today's baseball. I don't know. Go ahead. Let me hear your panic level. Burnfield, you look like you want to get in. Well, I, if only the Cubs had an ace starting pitcher that they could have <laughs> gone into the season with. It's really unfortunate that somehow they don't have one anymore. Uh, I, I guess I was thinking about this going into the pod because I kind of figured this is the direction we were going to go. And I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way as I do, but I don't feel panic per se because – we went into the season, the three of us talking about how we didn't really feel like they were very good and we didn't feel like they were going to be a good team. But then when they went 19 and eight in May, and I think 21 out of 29, they had won. You started to think, okay, this is a bonus. They're way better than we thought. They were winning games with their offense improving and their bullpen pitching out of its mind. Amazing, which has still been the case for most of the year, even though obviously in the month of June, it, they've just not been a good team, but I don't feel panic because I don't really feel like where they are is indicative of anything other than what they probably should have been the whole time. Right. We always talk about in baseball, how it's the ultimate sample size sport. And eventually you show what you are. And I don't know if the Cubs have another run in them, right? Like they might just be a team that they're not as bad as they've been in June and they're not as good as they were in May. And they're probably something in the middle which means that they're a little better than 500, but not good enough to win. So then it brings up all the existential questions about, you know, what do they do with this player and this player and this player? But in terms of where they are right now, like if I had gone into the season guys and said 42 and 38 is where they would be at the halfway point, you probably would have said, yeah, I could, I could see that. Right. Well, I mean, sure. Where they are right now, by the way, just for the record, is five games back. They go one more game with the Brewers as we're recording. They've lost five in a row. The team's hurt. Uh, Ryan Tapera all of a sudden has a calf injury. By the way, I don't know how many times I said on this podcast that that guy is definitely cheating. And now all of a sudden he's got he's got a and, and I could be wrong. Uh, and it's unfair to throw, but like. A lot of people are cheating in baseball right now. He's this dude. All of a sudden, was DF or was non-tendered by the Cubs. No one picked him up. We signed him for less, and then he's the greatest pitcher in baseball. I don't know. Something might be going on. So there's a lot of things to consider whether or not this team could even remotely turn it around or very much turn it around. Uh, but I I do think we are at the point. Look. If you get a great deal for literally anyone, and I'll include my number one, I want to keep Chris Bryant in there. I think you do do it. Um, I, I don't. I don't think 
as much as I'd love to see this team in the playoffs, I don't think you can make a rational argument that they're going to win the World Series. If this was 1998 and it would be a, an accomplishment to make the playoffs, then maybe things would be different. But no one's interested in that. I mean, did, does anybody even remember the playoffs last year? And, and I know that was a 60-game season to 162-game season. But, uh, yeah, they played the Marlins and they lost in, in the best of three. No one cares. No one cared in 98 either when they got lost, when they got swept by the Braves, although it was a sweet 163rd game with Joe Carter popping out and Rod Beck on the mound. I'm really long winded. That whole season was sweet. Run. That yeah. whole se- that whole season was sweet and Gary Gaetti and the bomb and all that type of stuff. But the, By the way, at- the night of my bar mitzvah was the night that Kerry Wood lost to Greg Maddox in Game Three against the Braves, and the season was over. Yeah, and he shouldn't have been on the mound. And happy bar mitzvah to you. And then he blew out the like that was ridiculous. October three, nineteen ninety eight. Hadn- People were like, "Do you want to know what's happening?" And I was like, "No, I want to enjoy this evening." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah no I don't and I already do they're about to get yes. swept I'm 13 year old Jordan Burnfield I just turned into a man and I know what my life is going to have for me except for the year 2016 when yes. they miraculously win the World Series and for some reason the guy that threw the ball across the diamond and did a home run in game five half the people in this city want to trade him out of town I, I don't know what Beto weigh in on this where are you at I think we just have gotten to the point where we literally everyone's like, we got to buy or but got to sell based on every single game. It's like, dude, going into June, did we not know that this had a good possibility of happening based on the schedule they had and based on the fact that the Brewers only play the the Diamondbacks and the Rockies going into going into the month? Like that was going to happen. I thought a realistic goal was 500. They're going to come up short of that. But it's not terrible. I was hoping not to get swept in Milwaukee. But I I think they have to start thinking about courses of action either way. And what happens over the next three weeks will really dictate, like, what's going to happen, right? So I'm going to make everyone feel better. Like, I think they're going to cut into this deficit by the time July 20th rolls around. And if they're within three-ish games, the Brewers' schedule becomes a little – yes, they have the Pirates coming up. But they, they play at the Mets, at the Braves. They, their schedule it consists of people outside of the Diamondbacks of the Rockies. The Cubs play the Diamondbacks six times in July. Like they play, I think the Cardinals, like after they play the Reds this, this weekend, like their schedule loosens up. In September, it's very loose. So like it's going to, it's going to, Seesaw is going to go back and forth, I feel like, uh, for the rest, if they stay the course or add or for the next few months. Uh, I mean, Can I ask it- you a question, though, Beto, off of that? And that is this. And I, I Carm, obviously, I want your opinion on this, too. Because a friend of mine asked me this yesterday, and I really didn't know how to exactly answer it. Let's say it is July 28th, right? We're not quite at the deadline, but we're getting close. At what point does Jed just say, we're blowing the whole thing up or I'm blowing up as much as I can. Right. Like it's, it's an easy fan thing to say, Oh, they're going to trade everybody. We know realistically they're not, cause they're not going to get the value, but like, let's say it's a Kimbrel or it's a Bryant or somebody that they can get value for. Like how many games out do you believe they have to be for well, Jed Hoyer to pull the proverbial plug? Well, let's do it this way. And I think it's a, a great direction there for you guys there are three back Let, let's say veto scenario comes true it seesaws around it's july the 27th they're three games back they get a reasonable offer for Baez and kimbrell separate deals whatever the same deal doesn't matter you doing it what would you do if it's i i want more than reasonable i think you know i want something that 
is exciting um, that you can get back and you can get something more than what we got excited about for the Darvish return. And also you have to consider like the Cubs haven't been healthy. So is it July 27th? And a lot of their guys are still out, you know, Chris Bryant still like banged up, or I guess he just got banged up. Anthony Rizzo's banged up. Nico Horner is still not all the way back as he's struggling. Your boy, Matt Duffy, is he still like not back? Like, if that's the case and Alzali is not fully back from when he was on the IL, like if that's the case, then yeah, maybe you take it. But if they're primed and they're, they're healthy and there's a little bit of momentum, then you have to, I think I want more than reasonable. That's a, another fair take, by the way, when Duffy got moved to the 60 day IL, I, I, I it was like a straight gut punch. I, I was, I was, it, it, it impacted my day for at least 78 seconds. I'm like, Oh, come on, Duffy. <laughs> that's a that's a tough blow the 60 days like nothing to sneeze at you know when you right. get moved to that 60 day it's uh, it's tough that was that was maybe the roughest moment of my week outside of when nick wright called me dumb on 610 sports radio uh you can check out that podcast at six you shouldn't sports. get mocked on your own pod by by your co-host right like nothing out of my own doing yeah so. that, that was unfortunate what jordan you want to what do you think they're three back. Oh. It's July. It's July twenty seventh. Re- I'm I'm saying reasonable. I don't think you're getting a steal. Like I just I, I I don't. I think you'll be at best lucky to get something that you think. Well, that's probably fair. Yeah. No. I I think Beto is right. I I think it's easy for us as fans to say right now because they struggled and they're getting beaten by the Brewers and the lead for the Brewers is increasing to say okay, time to blow it up now. But realistically. They don't have to do anything right now. They can wait another month. They can see where this takes them. You're likely, if they're healthy, to see them improve a little bit, right? Because the schedule will lighten up and they will win some of those games, barring something unforeseen. And they probably will find themselves in a little bit of a better position. I think, though, if you're going to trade Kimbrell, which I think once you do that, you've decided you're not trying to win this year. Because I don't think that you can win by trading him for the context of the 21 team, right? So if you decide to trade Kimbrell, you have to get a top 50 prospect out of that. Like you have to get somebody that is going to be on this team next year or close to it. Because in my opinion, the Darvish trade was obviously money motivated and you have no idea when or if any of those assets you acquired are going to be wearing pinstripes at Wrigley Field. So you've got to get something that is tangible that will be seen at Wrigley. And I think that they could get that depending on the team that needs a closer as we get closer to the August deadline. But that has to be a part of the equation. And I think that you can wait until close to the deadline because they, I mean, listen, if they're in it, right, if they're two games back and it's, you know, three days, what's the deadline now, August 15th? Like if it's August 13th, and they're in it, I don't think they're going to start just trading everybody away. Because I do think that they would like to make the playoffs if they can. I know that that, that may not mean a lot, but I think that they would like to do that. I, I, I'm, I'm, you guys know I'm an odds guy. I'll just say this. I think the Cubs, you can get them four, four and a half, one to win the Central right now. That's great value. I'm sorry, but it is. It's, it's good value. Four and a half to one to win the Okay, four and a half to one to win the Central. I'm not making that bet, but I think... Good value. I, su- I support Beto's take that it's good value. I also am highly skeptical that you could get a top 50 prospect for Craig Kimbrell, but maybe you could. Uh, I, I have a homework assignment, unless you guys can nail this right now, because I certainly can't. What team 
who's in contention would at least consider making that trade that that really could use a lockdown closer the and Red has a, Sox. You think the Red Sox would do it? Or the Braves. Basically all of the the, the former Kimbrel teams. The Mets is another one. They have a good pen as it is, but they do that, have a pretty good pen, sense. but I wouldn't say that they have a great closer. I mean right. what about the Giants? Do you think the Giants just go for it? I mean, they're somehow still in first place. Can we, the can, Giants have been great, though. The, like, the Dodgers are in, are in on everyone, so we can't discount them, right? Uh, can we can we line up a prospect too? Are you that are you that dialed uh, in? Okay, that's the excitement then for next week. The line up a pro, make the trade. Let's let's make the trade on Dewindy that oh, Hoyer's, mock trades. What everyone loves, you well, know, mock I, trade proposals. Nothing better. Well, I think you could nail it because I I would bet. I would bet good money that they end up that they do end up being sellers. You know, and who's that, another team you could throw in there? Washington. I mean, they're right only now, what, two games out. There are three games out of first. I know they're one game over 500 now, but they're playing way better of late. And if this continues in a weaker division, they might decide we can beat the Mets. Kyle Schwarber homers every single day, every day. So that's obviously sustainable. And he will continue to do this the rest of the season. So, I mean, listen, if, if the Nationals, in all seriousness, if the Nationals continue to be in the race, Mike Rizzo is an aggressive GM. Like, I could see him trading for Craig Kimbrell and giving up a good prospect to try to solidify a playoff spot. Kimbrell for Juan Soto, straight up. Kimbrell for Kyle Schwarber. Let's just try to do that. <laughs> Schwarber yeah. has 25 homers, leads the Nationals. 53 RBIs, best on the Nationals. Um, which, by the way, that 25-53, that is very similar to a Rick Wilkins who was discussed on this podcast. His road uh, splits, 94-93, incredible. Yeah, tremendous road splits. We covered that ground. That was amazing ground. Uh, 16 homers in 18 games, it, it, which it, is preposterous. I 16 and 18 is 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 complete. 23 years ago, June. Same thing. Sosa, 20 in June. Same right. stretch. Right. That's a, okay. Feelings every time Kyle Schwarber hits a bomb. Do you sit there and say, yeah, yeah, no, it was the right move. He was struggling here. We should have gotten rid of him. Or like, what the hell, man? You had you had him for one more year at what was it, seven, eight million? Uh why in the world is Kyle Schwarber doing this in a nationals uniform? It honestly bothers me. The what bothers me is not that they because I was for the move and I, and I still think it made sense because they were basically the same guy, but Jack had a little bit more contact, a little bit more defensive going into this year, even three weeks ago, Kyle Schwarber's OPS two and a half weeks ago was seven sixteen, And now it's 200 points higher. But what stressed, what bothers me is that let's say they did. Are we sure the Cubs even unlock what we're seeing now? That's you, like the development there. Just they just haven't developed him. So if he's still in a Cubs uniform, I don't think he's doing anything near this. I, and maybe I agree like, that's that. not fair to say, but that's that's what comes to mind. It bothers me that I don't think they would have unlocked this. His ability to hit the high fastball has been the biggest difference for him. And people keep challenging him out there outside of Rich Hill threw an 83 mile an hour change up down the middle of the plate in the first pitch yesterday. Another former Cub great. But like I just don't see them him putting up these type numbers if he was still here. Can I say this though, Bido, do you think, because I, I think you're right, but do you think that this is unlocking something? I mean, I, I get what you're saying about the high fastball. Or is, I mean, to me, this is almost just like, I don't think he would have done this on the Cubs because statistically this is such an outlier. This is such a, a performance that's above anything anyone could do. I mean, to hit 16 home runs in 18 games 
is so ridiculous that I feel like it's equally unlikely that this would have happened on the Cubs or the Nationals. Right. But even the aggregate, like, let's say you just like take outside the 16 of 18. If somebody said, Hey, June 30th, Kyle Schwarber would have a 920 something OPS. I probably would have said, I don't think he does that on the Cubs. No, that, that I agree with. Yes. All right. For the record in the leadoff spot where he couldn't hit. I know he was horrible as the leadoff man. Okay. But like, this is unfair, at least a little bit to the Cubs. I mean, if you, maybe if, if you go back in time and I will take the liberty of doing that, look, last year sucked, but in 2019, the dude hit 38 homers and drove in 92. Uh, You know, it's, it ain't like he was, he was, what, what did he OPS? What did he slash? He, he was 250. 339 on base. It's exactly what he's doing right now. His OPS was 871. So it's down a, you know, it's a good a, year. It's, I mean, it's exactly what he's doing right now, basically. And he did it in a cub uniform. He had a terrible year last year. So did a million people. I mean, I, I didn't think when it always was amazing to me watching Schwarber, like, how are you not better? Like you right. look, you look like you should be great. What's going on here? Which is why like for one more year at that price tag, I would have rolled the dice and see if he could, if he could find it. I mean, it, it, it wasn't exactly a high risk play to bring him back. I don't care what the narrative was. Um, I think it was too much. Like he fit the narrative of our lineup is all the same. Like we just right, have a bunch right, of guys right. that have three outcomes. And if he, if they didn't have that, maybe he comes back, but they decided like, we got to change it up somewhere. So they go with, Jock, who's a little bit better defensively and in theory is a better contact hitter. So that's right. why they did it. But, but they but didn't like lineup, and You're right. But their lineup continues to be all the same. And this is again, why exactly. they can't hit. Right. Right. You're, well, you're right. a lot of it, like as crazy yeah. as it sounds, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but guys like Horner and Duffy, their contact guys aren't in. So they're, they have zero versatility with their offense right now. And it shows when their stars are struggling and Baez and Bryant look terrible right now. The, the right. thing that it comes back to also guys is that they, for all the things that we should and rightfully have praised Theo and Jed for, in this run, which has been incredible. Obviously they won the world series. They've been to the playoffs five times. They went to the NLCS three times. We know all this stuff. They definitely seemed to get passed by in that they built a team of guys that could not adjust to the way baseball has changed. High velocity up in the zone, breaking balls. They have too many guys that do the same thing. It can't hit those pitches. That's and true, but like moved. that's it's true, but it, it's been a very hard adjustment all across baseball. I mean, we see the you know numbers that we're batting average is sitting, and the Cubs, as far as league average is concerned, they're not exactly that far off, right? I mean, and and again, I mean, this was a team that uh, had a decent year last year, made the playoffs, and you know they they haven't exactly been a complete disaster. No, uh, no, I I agree. I'm just saying that the problem that they've had which I think has been the biggest reason why they have not succeeded more than they have. And again, they have obviously succeeded a lot is that they have a bunch of guys that strike out and can't adjust to the quickly evolving way that pitching has moved in the game. 
I'm just they a ride. High fastballs. I'm a ride or die guy. Ride or die. I give give me Schwarber in my car. Give me KB in my car. Ride or die, baby. Let's go. I, I love the dude. I love the dude. And then I'm like rooting for him. But then I'm like, damn it! Like every time he does hit a bomb, it's, you know. And his, like, how do you feel when you see that he hits another home oh, run? Are you I, like, I, awesome. I, or you're like, God, this is terrible. It's, I despise it. And 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 <laughs> and his trot around the base paths is so good. He's just got such a good trot that. Oh, just, he's the man. He's so, he's just. Guy. Done. so all right we gotta we before we end this podcast we have to uh go at actually the biggest story that should have been the lead and uh john greenberg our friend over at the athletic uh, has a piece on um on there's there's a severe vending shortage going on at the ballparks he uh he called up <laughs> he caught of course this is I was your like where is this story. going i don't know yeah. what piece i'm going at. yeah yeah, yeah. you he, got he, very serious for a second and I, that's I, what you come with yeah i <laughs> you, you don't want to talk about whether they should just cut jake arietta no 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 you want to no. talk about the vending shortage vending yes. shortages well okay. i because i'm thinking you guys i mean this could be my opportunity to make my return uh a la jordan wizards hashtag I, the return yeah. hashtag i'm the ret- sure the cubs front offices still have a fax machine machine <laughs> so find one just i'm back that's yeah. it I call he, he right here's John Greenberg. I called up Vince Pesha, terrifying individual, and somebody that said he one time Vince Pesha for the record. They used to have guarantees, like if you took this item, you were guaranteed to make 50 bucks. So they had like this terrible frozen fruity like dessert item. And I'm like, I'll take it. And then I went walked out there. No one's buying this thing. And I like walked around for four innings sold my last one and then left and the next day i come up to the the booth to get my item for the day it's like you stole the guarantee you didn't work you you did i'm like no one bought the thing pesha he's like i'm you today you're stuck on hot chocolate it was like 95 degrees i mean (laughs) don't 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 mess with pesha is that what they do when they penalize you you go hot chocolate in mid-july i mean they would when they start they get lemon chill in april they give you lemon chill and there is like somebody on lemon chill in april like hot chocolate in July wouldn't happen, but they would lemon chill, lemon chill. It's so you got to work your way up. Like what constitutes like Bud Light Friday afternoon, one twenty? does it take like years of tenure? Does it take like just dominant performance? Like what, it, what goes right. it, it? It's all seniority. You've got some straight bums who have the best products because they've been there forever. They can't even walk. But so it took me. Uh, I think about seven years, seven years to get to uh, old style, which is the second to most premium product. And then the first time you get the red tub, when you walk out there with the Budweiser tub, I mean, you truly, that is a feeling that uh, really. It's like a cape. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I've never been a parent, but I'm assuming it's right there with the birth of a child. When you get the red tub, I mean, it's a, it's a major, major, uh, accomplishment, but so (laughs) Greenberg calls up. It is the only profession that I've reached the pinnacle and I'm very, you know, proud and and at the same time dismayed, uh, by my lengthy tenure, uh, walking the steps at both Wrigley Comiskey and, uh, old soldier field and new soldier field for that matter. Never did the indoor United center. I called up Vince Pesha, John Greenberg writes a vice president, SEIU local one, um, which represents the ballpark vendors. And he talked to Brooks Boyer, uh, white Sox senior vice president as well on this. And, Unlike the last series, the Sox were only using vendors in at stands, not walking around. 
The Cubs actually have vendors walking around with credit card machines. There's no cash. So a lot of vendors have not wanted to come back because of the cash situation. And basically I had this experience, by the way, when I went to the game a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, we're in, we're in our seats. The vendor came over, I bought a beer and obviously with the COVID situation, you know, there's no, I don't understand how cash is what's going to give everybody COVID, but whatever. So they, I can't pay cash. Right. So I pay with the credit card, which you still have to hand across the road. I mean, the whole thing is so ridiculous, and right? So, like anti-science. So then after I pay, you know, there's a thing where you can put the tip on the end of the transaction. And I said to the vendor, and I, I, I apologize. I don't know which one this was. I should have found <laughs> out so that, cause you probably know him. I said, wouldn't it be better if I, can I pay you cash? Can I just give you cash? Isn't that better than me tipping you on the credit card? He goes, absolutely. So I took money out of my wallet and handed it to him. Great. So he could at least get a tip that didn't suck. That, that but nobody also, I feel like is, you know, it's like now it's just like, Oh, just take my credit card. Let me sign the thing and take it back. But well, I think it's going to hurt vendors. Well, apparently, apparently, and I love what you did. That That's an elite level fan right there. And you should be praised for going into the cash because the vendor clearly loved it. I would have loved it. However, because it's on a credit card and maybe that just changes the dynamic. It's no longer like keep the quarter. You can't, you can't tip 25 right. cents. So apparently like they're getting tipped enormously right now. People there's oh. two bucks, two bucks, two bucks. Like that's going on. So instead of paying 11 bucks or whatever it is for a beer, they're paying 30 13 god bless them uh so so vendors are making out on this now all that stuff is going to be uh actually documented so you're gonna have to claim it on taxes which vendors have never done in history is claimed vending tips that's the last thing those guys have been doing so right. least, uh, I, I never so did it evens that. out I, yeah right 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 but so I mean, I got people texting me like that, uh, and, and Greenberg's writing that it sh- that Cap and Rosner should return. Doesn't mention Carm. No, I'm not offended, John Greenberg. Don't worry about it. Even though I was there for 17 years, and you vended when I was there, but you know, Cap and Rosner. Okay, no problem. Um, so, just you know, uh, just bitter Carm over here. No problem. I'm I just gonna can, stay quiet. Can I get can I get a vending mention? How about just a vending mention? You know, it's yeah, especially uh, since that you said that's. A- place where you reach the pinnacle right right i mean it really you feel disrespect you took that personally like jordan in I the did. last dance i did exactly you just sit there with an ipad reading and you just burst out laughing and your head rolled back and yeah, exactly exactly he's just there maybe maybe that's really good maybe you should maybe you should have just done a little bit more with the fruity thing that you got i, I made I'm, excuses about nobody wanting it maybe then you get the mention it's true it's true that that fruity thing could have been you know that was 98 what was the fruity thing like what what fruity thing i was trying to think of that it was like a, it wasn't a lemon chill it was like a frozen ice but those smaller like italian ones. ice red, right yeah. they were red like, like a, a yes they were i remember they, them yeah yes. i know what you're talking about like a little yeah. like cone shape like yes. a, like a cylinder type yeah, shape thing exactly exactly that not a big lemon shell thing but a, but a cylinder oh, coney shape yeah. yeah like if i remember those yeah i never yeah. got one to yeah. be honest they didn't look so good they were me. terrible but it. <laughs> that's like what you get at like the gas station or like walgreens right if your kid just like wants like something quick but like you go to wrigley you're probably not pulling that off right well and uh, if they were sold at wrigley nowadays they'd be six bucks maybe ten uh hey can, can somebody can somebody lower the concession prices over there but so back the wrigley pig would yes. w- would would should carm in it in 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 a, in a, in a effort to promote the podcast slash Twitter, TikTok career, would it be the correct move to don the uniform 
bring a cameraman or just bust out the cell phone and just, you know, have a, have a massive one more day at, I'm willing to do it on either side of town, but apparently the White Sox don't have uh, seat benders. So I guess I have to do it at Wrigley. Don't ask questions. You know, the answers to, because it's obviously, yes, it's a resounding. Yes. See, but you again, absolutely need to do this. Vito, I had the same thought at first, but the second part of this thought, if I could put on my mock Carmen hat <laughs> is that we both know that if he does this, he's just throwing out this idea that he's promoting the podcast. He doesn't give a bleep about promoting the podcast. <laughs> this is full on Mark only promotion. We might get one DeWindy mention slyly in the ninth when everyone is sauced at the end of the game for four hours. This is, do I go on to get more TikTok followers? That is the primary reason for this. If at the end, DeWindy gets mentioned to one person, he can at least say, hey, he promoted. I promoted it. the podcast. Well, along those lines, and you're, you're spot on on this, if you guys want to make the grand effort of going out as a three lot and standing on the sidewalk at Clark and Addison and handing out to Windy gear, I'll sidewalk bring show. sidewalk show, doing it live, bring it, we'll bring a WAER level recorder. Have you listened to the Windy City podcast? No, I have not. Would you consider listening to them? Maybe. Thank you so much. A maybe is all we're really looking for. Just please consider it. We're available on Spotify and, and iTunes. That would be you know, amazing. What would be good market research is we ask, we ask these people if they've ever heard of DeWindy, and then we compare it to how many people had heard of 87-7 the game when all three of the four. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically my, my entire broadcasting career right there that's never been heard of. <laughs> have, you, have you heard of WLBK and DeKalb? Or, <laughs> okay. Uh, did you ever listen to Jordan? Did you know that Jordan Burnfield once did play-by-play in the minors for... The Auburn Double Days. The Auburn, Auburn Double, Double Days. Did, Beto, didn't you do like a wood Peoria season? Chiefs? Pe there and I uh, did some collegiate summer ball. Yes, I did. did uh, on the NECBL. Did either of you do the the wood bat league? Well, it was like that. Ours was a wood bat league, but it was. It's like think of the Cape Cod League. It's probably second in line. This the Sanford Mainers who won. Oh yeah, two thousand eight <laughs> NECBL championship. I played in a wood bat league when I was in high school. Did you, that's cool. Did, did you, were you White the announcer when the Mainers won it? Ma Mainers, yes. Mariners? You were. We beat the the Newport goals in, in the championship. King, King, so King. the year before Strasburg was in that league, and then the year after uh, Adam Duvall was on the Mainers, but I didn't get at it. Who's before he hit four homers in a weekend against the Cubs. Against the Cubs, <laughs> yeah. So that's easy. he's a Mainer for life is what I like to say. Do we have the call somewhere of you announcing the I'm, championship? I'm sure I have it. I mean, would somewhere. you like to would you like to reenact it right now? Because I'd love to hear I, it. I, I will say I don't remember it, but I will say that my all time moment wasn't calling the championship, but it was when I had a foul ball into my booth and I caught it like that's, that's like that nice. is one hand left handed stab. And I was announcing it when it happened. That's incredible. So that's like that's like peak. Level our, broadcasting right there. Our friend Joe Brand did that. He uh and, and condolences to Joe who just recently lost his mom. It was really uh 
sad to see that. Joe's a great guy. But he had a video of him. I think he was calling a UIC That's right. game. He's like, foul ball, caught it. And I'm like, that yes. is the greatest. Like, you'll, you will never do that again. Like, I told him to send that to everyone. That was, like, as good as it could get. Which, But now, okay, Beto's my, done it, My too. call was like, uh, I remember it was like, foul ball back toward me. And, like, the me was exaggerated. <laughs> I was like, and I caught it. The left hand. So, he's on the road. It really, really hurt the palm. But. But it happened. And of course, I would think, you know, it's minors, right? So or it's like, so it's not like this, like you think of like a Wrigley booth. There's all these people there. So nobody witnessed it. So I was like, remember, like looking around being like, I don't think anyone saw except for the four, <laughs> the, except for the parents of the players that were listening. Those are the only people that knew. Yeah. That, that reminds me of being in the press box of a high school football game. And uh, my buddy, Seth Marks, long live the coach and the kid for anybody who gets that reference. Uh, I mean, we were completely out of our minds and had definitely had no listeners but the people in that booth were massively entertained by <laughs> but <laughs> there there was a, a official who like there was a you know fumble the official like dove in there to see who had the ball and and Seth just went on this whole thing he's like he's like you know what Mark the kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and Robert Scaduto headlinesman dove in there risking life or live to decipher the direction of the football and that's the effort you love to see on a friday and i couldn't talk i was i was done uh <laughs> we all have our obscure like game broadcast moments like so that was mine jordan i'm sure you have one i'm sure it's not as good as signing off for the lake county fielders for the final time like <laughs> yes <we've seen> <laughs> someone that did that good night and good luck <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's good. We and got that is the end of my broadcasting career. <laughs> that was that. Hey, listen. Oh God, that was good. Jordan, we got like 30 seconds. Do you have anything you could throw in there in that 30 quickly? I was once doing a game where we were using the names of Syracuse players at a high school game, just to practice the names. A mom came up to us midway through the game and said, I think you're confused and mistaken. None of these players are the ones that you're calling. <laughs> We're like, we know. Thanks. Oh, Eight that's ruined. We're like, Dwayne, Dwayne catches the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that... I was like, yes, I know. Andrew Robinson is not quarterbacking Henniger High School. <laughs> Donovan McNabb back to pass. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you just touched my St. Edwards uh, basketball career, which I knew I was talking to the parents of the players. Right. And I also. So the one knew... thing you have to get the names right. Right. On, on St. Edwards, but right. the other team, I could show up and not know any of them. Wilson with the basketball over to Jones. Now it's yeah, Jordan Smith. over to Pippen. It, Here's it, Rodman. <laughs> doesn't matter. St. Edwards for three. Come on. The only positive I can say is that I do have hair. It's more positive than I can say. <laughs> Yeah, I do. <laughs> I put it on every day. <laughs> <laughs> this program was recorded on tape for a live audience. I never knew that until recently. Is that right? Yeah. Thank you. 1-1 one, one delivery. There's <laughs> a pitch rip foul down the right field line. I used to have a great head of hair. I still got a lot of more hair than you think, though. I mean... It would scare you. 
They took it. It scares me when I take it off. And when I go by the mirror, I go. Okay, how about your wife? Here's a one-two pitch, and there's a fly ball and foul ground down the third base line. Tommy, I'm gonna take the dare. I gotta ask you, Ron. When you go to bed at night with your lovely wife, do you wear your tooth? <laughs> I wear a hat, Harry. I take that off and I put a hat on. <laughs> well, let's see who's batting area. <laughs> Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 